everybody. Thanks for tuning in today for episode six of Back Porch Chilling. This is your boy Brian um, coming to you live from Pittsburgh uh, on this Friday evening. Um, just a couple things real quick. Uh, I know I've been kind of slacking on this thing, but we got some good stuff for you. Um, actually, big announcement today. Um, I want to introduce a co-host. Uh, you don't chill on the back porch by your damn self. So um, I want to introduce DJ Murphy as my co-host. He'll be joining us from now on. DJ, you want to say a little something? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, glad to be here. Can't wait for this. Just love chilling on the back porch with the boys. Had a baby. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be a good time. And uh, kind of the vibe I started this with was I wanted to be more conversational and you can't really just talk to yourself all the time. So, um, yeah, like I said, I still got some interviews uh, in the works. Um, playlist is coming soon. Um, actually going to finish that up. I'll have that by tomorrow. Um, so yeah, I've got some good stuff on the slate for you guys today. Um, we got a little, as always, we're going to start with a positive story. I think DJ's going to cover that one. Um, we're going to discuss AB and his CTE and his concussed self. Um, will he get back in the league? If so, with who? Um, we got the Astros cheating scandals kind of heating up because Altuve has a bad tattoo, apparently. Um, the dude that got caught with 157 pounds of weed in Texas uh, <laughs> that played for the Browns, uh, offensive lineman, I believe, about three years pro. We're going to discuss that. Um, and then I'll give my thoughts on JB's album uh, now that it's fully out and I've listened to it a few times. I know I gave the preview uh, with when he released, like, Yummy. It's cringy as hell, but he released Yummy, so I gave some thoughts on that. And then that little kid that's from Australia um, that we all saw that video of on Twitter, um, is it real? Is it fake? Um, and kind of just to gist on that. So, uh, DJ, if you had that positive story, let's hear it. Yeah, mine's going to be um, Juan Gonzalez. His YouTube channel is That Was Epic. He uh, does a lot of pranks and stuff, but quite a few videos of him giving people money, uh, showing up, giving them AirPods, and it's mostly college students. <clears throat> he does do a few things with uh, just some random people throughout neighborhoods. Uh, one video that I saw, he was going around knocking on doors, asking people how much they paid in rent because he was, quote, you know, trying to find a place around there. They would tell him the price and he would just whip out a pocket pocket full of cash and then just hand them however much their rent was. So one guy said, yeah, I paid 1200 He whips out a wad of cash, counts it out, hands it to the guy, and the guy is just absolutely awestruck. He doesn't know what's going on and uh, kind of asking him why he's, why he's doing it and, you know, what made him do it. And it's just I mean, it's just cool to see that kind of stuff. And, you know, absolutely, if I was in that position, I'd, I'd love to do something like that. Just help people out, you know, whenever whenever they need it or, you know, just out of out of the blue for no reason. So I think that's pretty cool. And rent's expensive, too, man. Oh, like, I know sure. living in Charlotte, bro, that I paid, God almighty, $1,250, $1,300 for rent. I bought a place in Pittsburgh, and it's about $100 cheaper a month for a mortgage payment. So, like... Yeah, that's dope. I, damn, I wish he would have come around to, to my <laughs> place and offered me some rent. But yeah, that's that's dope. Uh, where'd you say that was at? Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure, but I know he he kind of just bounces around from place to place. One of the videos I saw, he was uh, at a college campus. Uh, uh, one one kid he gave a $500 gift card to, and you know, just just for being a subscriber. But I think I think it was like around the San Diego area. Oh, that's cool. Damn expensive there too. So yeah. that's awesome. Um, so yeah, good, good stuff. Good stuff. Good positive stuff. Um, so yeah, we'll just keep it rolling here. Um, AB, 
Um, if you all haven't been following this, Antonio Brown issued basically a an all-encompassing apology to the Steelers organization, Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger, his teammates. Um, <clears throat> I don't really know what to think of it, to be honest with you, as a Steelers fan. Um, I don't want to see him back. He's a locker room distraction. Uh, he off-field issues, you know, just all over the place. I think the dude needs help. We've all seen the Instagram live videos of, you know, his baby mama and the kids coming over and um, the police have to escort him in and out. Um, so I think he's got some more serious stuff going on. I don't think it's it's all um, just him being a, a diva. We've seen diva wide receivers before, but not like this. Um, you know, so I think that – I think, you know, in terms of will he get back in the league – um, he's got the talent too, I think, uh, I think he's got, um, definitely he can still play like he's on, he's 30, 31, 32 ish. Um, so he's on the downhill side of his career, but I mean, a team like the Tennessee Titans or, um, God almighty, the chargers or the Raiders, or even though they tried last year and didn't work, but teams like that, that could use a receiver and have talent elsewhere. I think they could, I think they would benefit from that. I, I mean, what do you think? Uh, yeah, for sure. But I just, I don't know. I think we're getting accustomed to that. The fact that he's just kind of being a clown right now. And I don't really know that that apology means anything. Um, maybe he's just doing it to, to keep attention on him, even though, you know, there's already a bunch of attention on him the way it is. Um, I mean, it's sad that he's, he's went downhill so fast, but you know, if, if he's got a chance at anything, it's going to be a very low caliber team. Uh, somebody that's that needs somebody uh, all these other teams I don't really think they need him it would be more of uh let's see what he can do and see if he can act right but I, I just I don't see it being too promising no I don't either I think that that honestly I think that apology was just like you said either to keep attention on him and it was it felt kind of I don't know half-assed because the last time he decided to apologize um, didn't, you know, the next day he was on Twitter, you know, bashing big Ben and Juju. And he has a history of not, uh, not being a good guy, just in general, uh, not being sincere with this shit. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I agree, but I, honestly, dude, I think, I don't know. You tell me what you think about this, but I think the Titans, honestly, they made the AFC, AFC championship with Corey Davis, uh, basically, is there, and and um, Brown is that young wide receiver. Tannehill lit it up. I, I mean, I think if he gets back in the league and, and they've got a good locker room thing going, um, too, I don't, I don't think that aspect of it would benefit. But I think on the field, the Titans would be the best team in the league for him to come back to, personally. Yeah, that sounds good. But uh... – I mean, another another thing the Titans have to worry about is uh, is Derrick Henry going to is he going to be healthy uh, when you're giving a man a ball that many times and, and asking him to just run through people? It's going to take a lot of a lot of physical damage to his body, and you know he's a big man, but how much how much damage can he take before he just absolutely folds? Um, but to add somebody like that, yeah, that would be nice for him. But as of right now, the way I look at it, send him to the XFL, see if he can see if he can act right. If he acts right, maybe bring him back. If not, leave him. Bro, can you imagine that guy in the XFL? That dude <laughs> would tear, tear it up. <laughs> yeah. It would God, be the best, the best DBs. Extremely unfair. 
best DBs couldn't even couldn't even, they'd have to they'd have to literally design defensive schemes just to stop him. It, it would be insane. I mean, granted the quarterbacks aren't very good, so it depends on who gets them the ball. But um, but you know, I think to your point, I think that would help Derrick Henry. I think it would help manage because you know even from an off a defensive scheme rather. They can stack eight in the box and make Tannehill throw. Uh, I think if you have a receiver like that on the outside, I think obviously Antonio Brown requires attention. Um, at least the last week, last time we saw him play, he did. So I don't know. I think it might alleviate Derrick Henry. To be honest with you, I think it might help with the workload. I mean, yeah, I mean the dude had more rushing yards in every game than Tannehill did passing yards. Um, it's it's crazy. Like on that playoff run, so you know I. I see what you're saying, but I think it might help Derek Derek Henry here. Um, honestly, yeah, yeah, I can see that. But yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But again, I don't think that the overarching issue here is that he's become a distraction off the field. He's got his issues, and he uh, he needs some help. And I don't think teams are willing to take a chance on that, especially. After Bill Belichick couldn't do it, uh, he lasted what a week and a half in New England, um, and he's got that pending rape charge, so um, or sexual assault or sexual battery or whatever it was. He's got a charge pending, so the legal issues coupled with his CTE and his personal issues going on, I don't think any team's going to take a risk on that. But if they were, I think the Titans would be the team team to do so. Um, would it really be worth him coming back, though? I, I mean, the fact that. He takes that hit, and it just seems like everything went absolutely downhill from there. Um, You're talking about perfect? Yeah. I mean, that seems like it may have been the start of it. And then, you know, a few other things have led to it. But do you think it's, I mean, do you think it's good for him mentally to come back? No, I don't. Um, I think. I know there was a story that broke a couple years ago about him in his contract year after he got off his rookie deal with the Steelers. Um, Troy Polamalu was still playing, and AB had just gotten paid. And basically, um, Troy, being the best safety in NFL history, or at least one of him and Ed Reed, um, you know, AB came out and basically said, you know, I'm the franchise. He got real cocky, like this, that, and the other. So the money went to his head and, and, you know, that might be a part of it too. Maybe he's going broke and he needs a job and he's playing the part to get money. And if you give him the money, is he going to go back to being a jackass? Like, is it going to really change him? Um, You know, I think, I think that played a part too. I know I don't take Troy Polamalu for a liar or anything. So I'm willing to bet that happened. Um, And I know, um, I know the Steelers locker room, Mike Tomlin was even on ESPN with Stephen A earlier this week, I think, talking about Mason Rudolph. But then Stephen A asked him, said, is there any business interest in Antonio Brown? And Mike Tomlin said, hell no, in the nicest way possible. Um, So I don't think that's something the Steelers are ever going to revisit. But no, I don't think he'd be – I don't think it'd be good for him to come back. I think one more hit, he might might seriously have even – you know exponentially worse issues yeah for so sure. yeah i mean another thing we'll going back to the going broke thing i mean he is trying to set up a fight with logan paul uh don't know if that's officially going through or not but i mean he's he's doing seems like everything he can just to get some kind of money yeah yeah sad stuff honestly um all that talent going to waste it's uh yeah not not fun um but we'll see. Uh, I don't think he'll get signed, so I think that's our our consensus here. So, um, 
Next thing, kind of moving on, this has kind of been the front runner of sports news, especially with baseball season coming right around the corner. We got the Astros. Um, we've heard just about we've, – we've seen it seen it all um, with this one. Apparently, Jose Altuve, who is five foot four or so, uh, jacked, uh, MVP, not want to take his shirt off because his wife teased him. Then one of his teammates, I think it was uh, – was it Correa that said – yeah, he's got a bad tattoo. Didn't want people to see it. Come on, man. like the hell? Uh, no, that's just not happening. the The problem the the problem here is isn't just the Astros doing this. It's the lack of punishment from the commissioner's office. It's their lack of accountability, blaming it on bad tattoos and his fatness, and it's ultimately impacted the the integrity of the game, especially especially from the, the commissioner's side of things. This has been a terrible look for baseball as a whole and the MLB as an organization and, and obviously the Astros um, and anyone connected to that. But, you know, my take on it, um, I think, like I just said, you know, I, I think it's a worse look for baseball than is the Astros. Um, and you see all these players coming out, Mike Trout coming out and saying that, God, Mike Trout would hit 650 if he knew what pitch was coming. Like, <laughs> it's not close. I mean, he'd have he'd have 75 home runs, 230 RBIs. <laughs> like, yeah, it would be, be ridiculous. unconscious. So, you know, how good are they? I know I looked at a, uh, at a home away split for them in the 2017 season. And as a team, roughly, these aren't exact, they were hitting 300 plus at home as a team and sub 175 on the road. So like how good really are they? And I think that has, that remains to be seen, honestly. Yeah. Playing on the road is tough, but it's not that tough. <laughs> yeah. You can definitely hear the majors with an MVP, Carlos Correa, two MVPs. Yeah. I got Bregman and um, did Bregman win MVP? Uh, I think he did on the first one. Yeah, okay. So regardless, they've got Correa, Bregman, Altuve, Josh Reddick. Like, they've got guys that can ball. Like, like you know, <laughs> these guys aren't bums, and they should definitely be hitting better than 175 on the road. Quick fun fact, my Poverty Pirates uh, are the only team to beat them that year in a home series at Minute Maid. So, uh, yeah, I actually saw a funny tweet and it said you, you can't steal signs if you don't know what the hell you're doing. So, um, yeah, <laughs> but that's fun fact, but yeah, <laughs> no, um, I do. I think, uh, I think Manfred was, was soft. I think, um, I think you more blame goes in MLB than anybody for, for this. Um, and you know, if they're not going to receive any punishment, um, what, what happens the next time? Um, you know, is, is it going to be the same? Does it matter on the team? Because I looked up their profit and since they started winning, they're the sixth most profitable team in, in the league. Can you imagine if this was like the Tigers? Like they don't even, or the Orioles. The Orioles literally have six people at every home game. Like, <laughs> like if this was the Orioles, like they'd probably be sanctioned. Everybody would be not allowed back in the league. Like I wonder if it has anything to do with the prestige of the franchise, the money they make the league, um, and kind of their – really good track record up until now. Um, I don't know. you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I can agree with that. But as far as cheating, like everybody quote cheats in a way, but this is just the most extreme form that we've seen possibly ever besides, uh, I don't know, like steroid era, but then they kind of just let it happen. Uh, and it, I mean, who doesn't love to see a bomb, but whenever you're seeing a guy hit 50, 50 some bombs in a season 
I mean, how are you going to turn that down? You know, the numbers are just going to skyrocket. I mean, you've got pitchers that use pine tar and stuff like that. And that's, I mean, that's against the rules. And of course they get caught and they'll get suspended for a game or two. But I think this is just the most extreme version that we've seen. And I think it, one, shocked them. It almost shocked them to where they're just like, oh, Lord, what do we do now? And it seems like he just froze. Um, also, doesn't seem like the brightest guy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess at this point, you kind of just got to take it for it is what it is. And, you know, hope they uh, officially make a decision coming up soon. But the way it's looking now, they're just going to kind of let him get away with it. So what do you think is fair in terms of a punishment? Oh, punishment wise. Um, I mean, everybody that was involved, which pretty much was the whole, the whole organization there. Um, Ooh, that's a tough one. I think, I think season long suspensions for literally everybody on that 25 man roster for that 2017 season. Um, I think and AJ Hinch has stepped down since or got fired. Um, you saw Beltron. I don't even know if he, got to manage a game for the Mets, uh, and he, he was uh, relieved of his duties, quote-unquote. Um, so, I mean, the Mets punished their guy more than the Astros did anybody. And then you got the Astros owner or GM out there saying, no, this didn't impact the game. But what? It absolutely it absolutely has. Just That's the other part that irks me about this whole thing is the lack of accountability from the Houston Astros. It's mind-boggling to me that this we know what happened – it's been proven. There have been punishments. Uh, you, you know, you won a World Series. You had an MVP. Uh, you know, I'm going to say this now. I don't like the Yankees. I absolutely hate the Yankees. But Aaron Judge, looking back on this now, should have been the MVP. Um, that that went to Altuve. Um, you know, I I just think that overall this is awful. And in terms of a punishment, uh, I think it should be at least year long suspensions for everybody involved. Uh, that's that's my opinion. But yeah, that might be a little aggressive, um, but it's definitely got to be something impactful. Nothing like a slap on the wrist like here. Here's 10 games. Go, you know, go sit at home with the wife and kids and just chill out. I mean, it's it's got to be something that they're like, oh, holy crap. Like this, this was serious. And I mean, I don't understand how they don't know. I'm sure they do know how serious that it was, uh, but it seems like they're just playing it like, oh, it's no big deal. Like. Uh, yeah, we use that stuff, but I think it's—I don't know—I, I think it has to be drastic to 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 get attention from other franchises. Like, I, I get that some form of—I don't know if it's—I mean, it's kind of cheating is kind of rel- or relative, I guess. So, you know, the pine tar thing ain't allowed, but it's kind of like, all right, yeah, we caught you. Here's a couple games. Like, there has to be some type of repercussion for people involved, or it's going to happen again. Yeah, and um, things like that, like the pine tar situation, like everybody does it, and it doesn't. Like, yeah, it gives you a, a bit of an advantage, but it. I don't feel it gives the pitcher that much of an advantage to where it's like, oh, we need to give him a two week suspension for this. Like, so I can understand just like the two to three game thing for that. That that's really minor, but I understand where you're coming from with like the the whole year. But I I think. I think a monetary uh, fine should be in place also. So maybe you do like a month or two suspension with a very hefty fine. Uh, I mean, those those guys 
you know, that's, that's their livelihood. That's how they're going to live and stuff. Now you're not going to take enough from them to where they're not going to be able to feed their family, obviously. But you know, whenever you're taking hundreds of thousands of dollars away from somebody, that's like, Oh shoot. Like you can mess with somebody as far as like, you know, giving them the punishment you can't play. But when you mess with somebody's money, I think that hits home a little more than, than just sitting them out for a little bit. Well, we see that though with the NFL and it doesn't really work. You know, James Harrison is the one that comes to mind for me. Like he, uh, he kept crushing people and crushing people and crushing people and hitting people in the head. And, um, you know, it just, he just kept doing it. So, you know, how it would have to be an absolutely just monstrous fine. Uh, it, it has to be, um, or, or it's just going to keep happening. But I don't know. I think, like, like to your point of it's their livelihood, it's also something they really love to do. Like, you love to play the game and in most cases. So you take the game away from for a year, ban them from the facilities, ban them from, you know, pretty much bar them from the game for a year, a calendar year, not even a season, a full flipping calendar year. And, um, and we'll, I, I think that would be appropriate. But I don't know. I think it uh, – I think it depends on your perspective, but I think the the organization should be fined. I mean, oh, literally, fifty percent of the profits, a hundred percent for the twenty nineteen season, Fit, just straight up fifty percent goes donated all. Yep, to somebody, God Almighty. But yeah, and then that kind of I saw recently, kind of branching off of this, Pete Rose now um, is wanting in the Hall of Fame uh, based on the severity of uh, severity, quote unquote, of his gambling. And what's going on now? And I think he's got a case, uh, especially if they don't punish them. I think Pete Rose has an excellent case to get in the Hall of Fame, as he should be. Uh, Pete Rose definitely should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. But now I'm anxious to see. Um, so, yeah, moving on here. Um, the Browns offensive lineman getting caught in Texas, I believe at the Mexico border with 157 pounds of weed. I haven't read this article yet, these stories yet, but that is absolutely hilarious. One, that it's 157 pounds of weed, and two, that it happened to a Browns player. Um, that absolutely makes my my day. Uh, <laughs> how, how? How do you get uh, caught? Did, did you read those articles? Yeah, I, I'm looking at it now, man. He wasn't alone. He was the uh, – Juan Bray was with him. He played for the Colts uh, his rookie year um, back in, oh, I think 2017 possibly. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, <laughs> that's just an absurd amount. Uh, I, they have a picture of what they had everything in. And these duffel bags, you could definitely fit like a normal sized human being in these. Uh, it's quite ridiculous. <laughs> they had two of them. Uh, they were also caught with 23 mason jars, a can sealing machine, electric scale, and $3,100 on Bray's person. Which, for somebody like that that's in the league, that's not a lot. But for anybody, like, why are you carrying around $3,100? <laughs> Um, for sure <laughs> they're they're facing up to 20 years in federal prison uh i mean just that amount of weed like that's not by any means necessary they're definitely trying to push some dope and uh <laughs> they failed very miserably um i mean the thing that i don't get is uh i mean first of all if you're gonna carry that much probably don't want to be that close to the border um <laughs> 
But what, what I don't get is these guys get up there and they don't even try to get away from their old lifestyles. They just, they just keep doing it. Like take five, six years, grind it out, get away from the trap and stuff and, you know, save your money after those five, six years, go back to trapping. I mean, I think Marshawn said it best, like take, take care of y'all mentals, y'all bodies, y'all chicken. And then retirement is, you know, you do whatever you want. Smoke all the weed in the world if that's what makes you happy. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. To your, I, I don't understand that. Like Josh Gordon again is another one that comes to mind with this this stuff just recurring incident after incident after incident after incident. Chance, I mean, that dude got more chances than a lot of people did uh, and do. Um, and the thing with it is, like, you have all these outlets you can. Like, just drink. Like, go buy, like, Henny or something and just drink. But, like, I don't get it. Like, I know it's different, totally different. But, like, there's no need for you to either, one, smoke when you know the league is, like, drug test happy. And, two, um, move this much weed. And it just it, – it doesn't make sense, man. It doesn't make sense. It's stupid. And – I just love that it happened to the Browns poverty ass franchise. <laughs> God almighty stupid, but yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. I can't wait to see what else the Browns produce this year. Probably another six wins and three convicts, but we'll see. Um, yeah. So uh, kind of switching gears again to the NBA. Um, I don't really watch the NBA too often much. I kind of keep up with it. Um, I've said before that their product sucks. Their on court product sucks. Um, yeah, that's my opinion. Um, but yeah, it, with that, I do have, we do have finals predictions. Um, and I kind of thought about this. DJ, we talked about this last night. Uh, I don't know why my ass said the Nuggets, uh, but <laughs> I kind of retract my statement. Um, and I'm going to go out of the West. I think the Clippers come out of the West, especially after this trade deadline, uh, all these moves they made, um, bringing in some guards. And, and I watched uh, Stephen A., uh, talk about how they literally got guys. So you got Pat Bev, Paul George, um, one of the Morris twins, Marcus Morris, Marquis. I don't, I can't keep him straight. Um, but you've got four or five guys that you can throw at LeBron James. Can they all guard him? No. I mean, I think Paul George is probably the and, and Kawhi. I forgot about Kawhi. Um, you know, those two are going to get the brunt of it, but on defense. But I mean, if you can literally throw guys with fresh legs. Literally four or five of them out there on LeBron every game in a seven game series. It's going to be tough, and I know LeBron has came back from that three one um, on a crappy Cleveland team. Um, you know, it's he's done it before. He's uh, won. He, I mean, he's arguably the best player of all time. But I think it takes more than that to beat a team like the Clippers. Um, I think the Clippers are a more complete team than the Lakers. Um, but the Lakers just have you know obviously AD and. Uh, and Braun. So I think that'll be the Western Conference Finals. And then I think the Clippers win in six or seven. So uh, we'll see that. And then out of the East, I got the Bucks. man. The Giannis is um, just insane. He's insane. And you look at the Sixers, they're terrible away from home. Uh, I know there were a lot of people's picks to come out of the East this year with Embiid and Simmons. Um, but, I mean, at, you know, at the moment, watching them away from home is garbage. They're 12 and a half games back right now. I mean, there's still a lot of season left, don't get me wrong, but uh, it seems like they've really got to step it up if they're going to if they're gonna get up there. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think the Heat, too. I think the Heat have a better chance 
than than they do, to be honest with you. I mean, he'd have put together a really good team. Uh, kind of surprises a lot of people. They last I checked, and I don't have the standings in front of me or anything, but they were second or third in the East, um, and that's that's crazy, honestly. You know, the, you know losing D Wade, they Tyler Heroes, the truth. Um, they got that shooter uh, Duncan Robinson is uh, he's he's lights out. Jimmy Butler, um, you know, really good, just good all around team, and I think they'll be competitive. So that's that's my guess for or my prediction rather for the East and West. Uh, what do you what do you got, Deej? Yeah, uh, obviously, I mean, if you think about old time basketball, you think of the Celtics and the Lakers um, with LeBron going to L.A. and you know starting out strong and everything. They're they're leading the Western Conference, and you've got Boston at number three in the Eastern Conference, um, and they have a, a WVU alumni as a coach, as assistant coach, and Joe Mazzulla. Uh, I think that's awesome. So I'm kind of pulling for them a little bit, uh, but realistically, I believe it will probably be the Lakers and, and Bucks. Um, I. You know, you see all this stuff with with Giannis and and LeBron. They've got their own All Star teams. You know what I mean? They've had that for the last couple of years. So um, I don't know. I I think realistically, it's going to be the Bucks versus Lakers. Considering you know, the other day Giannis said he would love to see all his brothers come play with him either in Milwaukee or there in L.A. And just the fact that just even thinking of all three all three. Uh, of his brothers playing with him. Uh, and then you think about them possibly playing in LA, which I would hope they would never allow to happen because that's just absurd, but uh, that would be ridiculous. So like LeBron's always in the news and, and Giannis is in there a good bit, you know, as he, as he continues to dominate. But I mean, I just think you know, those are the, those are the two standouts right now. So why not? But like I said, I, I'd love to see the Celtics get in, see, you know, Joe Missoula get up there and everything, his first year coaching and whatnot uh, will help him coach. And, you know, you think old time basketball, I think of Lakers and Celtics. I don't know what anybody else thinks of, but, you know, all the, all yeah. the showdowns that they used to have back then with Magic and all them. Yeah, you have to think of that. Uh, I think this is the two, you know, most successful franchises in their respective conferences. Um, that come to mind. So, I mean, yeah, no, I do too. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Celtics do it. I just don't think they're there yet. Um, I think Kemba honestly was a step up from Kyrie at the point guard position for Boston. Um, and Jason Tatum's having a really good year. Um, but, but I just don't think, I, I think Giannis is too much. I feel like Giannis is going to be the next, like how LeBron was in the East, um, just year after year after year, just getting to the finals. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's kind of how you and he's so young. He's so young. Um, so this is going to be a really long decade for the East. I feel like, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how this plays out. And, yeah, really, kind of excited. Honestly, um, it's going to be the most intriguing NBA postseason in a long time. I think so. Um, that's when I'll start watching. But um, yeah, yeah. So good, good stuff. Um, last thing or next to last thing. Uh, I don't know if you all saw this or not, but the little punk ass kid on Twitter from Australia. Um, I shouldn't have said that, but. Um, it came out that uh, there were reports that, uh, well, okay, a video came out of his mom recording him in the car, crying his eyes out because he supposedly is a nine-year-old kid. 
um, that gets bullied for his dwarfism, his height, you know, whatever. And it's, you know, it's not really a laughing matter, but then it comes out the next day that we may have all been punked again, uh, by the internet. So basically there are reports now, uh, pretty credible reports that this kid is not a kid. He's 18, not nine. Um, and that he's some type of actor or comedian or something um, in Australia. And he basically finessed um, the internet for money. And we've seen this before. There was one that happened last year, but um, yeah, did you, you saw that didn't you, all those reports, right? Deej? Yeah, I saw it. Um, I didn't know what to really take away from it. I, I saw stuff from both sides. Uh, some of the videos I've seen, the one that I've seen most recent was the kid standing in front of the camera, just, counting what seems like thousands of dollars in whatever currency Australia has. And it's just, I mean, you can't deny that it's, it's not him. Like it's, I, and if it's not him, he's got an identical twin and they're just playing jokes on everybody. But this, I don't know. It's, it's absurd. I, I try not to share these things right away because of the fact that this stuff does happen so often anymore, it seems like. But the fact that, you want to be genuine and be like, yeah, man, that, you know, bullying sucks and people need to cut the stuff out, man. Like, but you can't jump to conclusions too fast because everybody loves to be a jokester, even though stuff like that isn't funny. But, uh, I mean, that's, I try not to jump to conclusions. I kind of let stuff play out a little bit. So that way something like that doesn't happen. And then I'll look like a fool sharing something that's not even real. Yeah. Yeah. And and those are good points too. It, it, you know, ultimately what the big thing is for me though, is like that takes away from the credibility of kids that actually go through that. Um, you know, if people cry wolf and cry wolf and cry wolf and and this, that, and the other, and it all turns out to be fake, then you get a kid who's actually, you know, really having a tough time, you know, making friends and, and just even going to school. Um, and is, and is legitimately in this case, this kid was supposedly suicidal. I mean, it's not joking stuff like, and it, 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 it um, discredits uh, legitimate claims of that. So it, it's really sad. And that, that's kind of the biggest thing for me. Um, so, you know, if it is fake, people need to knock that crap out, man. Like that's, that's not uh, to me. That's uh, that, that's, I don't even know the word. I'm struggling to find a word. Like that's just that's just wrong, man. Like straight up wrong. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I can't. I, I want to see like a definite thing. Like, is this kid either nine or eighteen? How old is he? And I want to see. I, I want to know if this was a scam because if so, I, the world's a internet's a terrible place sometimes. Yeah. But um, but yeah, what a what a jackass if that ended up being fake. So um, yeah, yeah. Bad stuff. So, uh, ending on a more positive note, um, Justin Bieber's new album dropped. I've been talking about that the last like every episode I've done. Uh, I'm a big Justin Bieber fan. Deej, I don't think you are. Nah, not a not a big JB guy. No, I, I see. So I love JB, uh, and I will say, album was better than I anticipated. To be honest with you, when he dropped Yummy, I was like, oh dear God, uh, this is going to be his worst one yet. It's got a more of a, you know, that song sucks, but the rest of the album, I like changes and I like, um, intentions with Quavo. I thought that was a really good one. Um, but 
yeah, other than that, man, that album was I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it six and a half out of ten. I thought it was better, not his best. I still like Purpose better. Um, kind of a more singer songwriter type thing than his R and B stuff, but uh yeah. Kind of looking forward to the next one to be honest with you. He's done everything. Can't wait to see what the next one is. So we'll wait another however many years, four years for that. So yeah, well, um Deej, you got anything else you want you want to chat it up about? Uh, no, I mean, not, not off the top of my head. All right, guys. Well, um, go ahead and we'll wrap this episode six up um, here after about, oh, God, 35 minutes. That's my longest one yet. So thanks for listening. Uh, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Like us up. Um, you know, give us a comment, review, whatever you want to do. Um, and we'll be back with you guys for episode seven next week. Later. Peace.